Khalifa with Africa. So we went to Spain and we're back on the continent and we're going to try and see if the two can intertwine and burst into this colorful fruition of food and tastes and sounds. Are there anything, you know, that we can borrow from Spain that we use on the continent? Are there any influences that we can perhaps also export to that side and that they can enjoy as well? So we're going to be talking about food. It is also Tasty Tuesday, not only Travel Tuesday. And in our Tasty Tuesday feature, the Lazy Magodi is with us in studio. She's anything but lazy, by the way. She's had quite a morning today, so for for her to be here is an absolute miracle. She prides herself in taking her clients through the continent's much-loved and treasured recipes and cuisine in a manner that aims to preserve culture and bring new excitement to Africa's food. Chef Mohao Esesweni has uh, taken the country by storm with her easy-to-use cookbook, <clears throat> Uh, best-selling cookbook, I am corrected, that uses simple and straightforward recipes for everyday favorites in the modern South African kitchen. I'm excited to welcome her. Welcome to Life Happens. Hi. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you have no idea how excited we are to see you as well. Not only because you come bearing gifts. <laughs> it's not about the good smelling food, but it's also about the knowledge. And look, mm-hmm. and thank you for the book. I have my sign copy. What a pleasure. So, I hope um, you actually use it. I am going to use it. I know Vanessa, my producer, was saying she doesn't even cook. Ayanda doesn't even need the copy. Why didn't you bring me a copy? I'm going to cook now because you know I have easy to use step-by-step recipes here that look absolutely incredible. Well done on the book. Like I said, welcome Thank to Life you. Happens. Talk to me a little bit about the journey because you sort of stumbled into what we have today as the brand, yes. the Lazy Magot. Mm-hmm. So uh, how the Lazy Makoti began was I was working in corporate and quite unhappy there. Uh, a friend of mine, well, a girl that I worked with actually needed cooking lessons. And she specifically wanted to learn to make traditional South African food. And then, as you know, if you're living, working in Santon, everything is all French, Italian, American, mm. everything else. Mm. But South Africa. Yeah. Mm. If, if, if you're living here and away from your grandmother, your mother, who is going to teach you how to make bab and mahodu, right? All of those things. And then knowing that I'm like quite the rural girl. She asks me to give her lessons and literally it snowballs from there. She tells one person who tells another and that's what I'm doing on weekends. And then that's when I decided, no, I'm going to go to culinary school and I'm going to turn this thing into a business. And it has flourished and I don't want to go through all your accolades because Mm -hmm. we'll be here all day. (laughs) But let's speak about how you have found the process. I know it has not been smooth sailing, of course, with anything that you start Mm -hmm. up. Um, There'll be some challenges and hiccups along the way. What are some of the lessons that you've learned? Where are you now? I think one of the the hardest and equally more rewarding um, things to come out of the Lazy Makoti has been the book. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so hard to even get a publisher. Um, Nobody believed that, you know, black people would buy a cookbook or a cookbook about traditional food specifically. You know, Mm. why don't you do an African's take on Italian food was the answer I'd always get. Why don't you do like, you know, more aspirational food? And I insisted that, you know, 
my people are ready to see themselves represented everywhere, including in cookbooks. And then it went on to like break every record, which I'm so oh proud of. My word. Yeah. You know, the theme that has just been running throughout the show today is mm-hmm. just how much credit we need to give ourselves as a people and 100%. how we need to take ourselves seriously and be mm-hmm. unapologetic, really, yes. about who we are and, 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 and our languages, um, our anthem, yes. you know, <laughs> our food, etc. And, and that's just very important because mm-hmm. you you took a stand and said, I'm not going to cave in because this is what some of the publishers want. I want to do our particular food. Mm-hmm. But we also know that the food that we enjoy perhaps borrows from other cultures and Definitely. vice versa, you know. Mm-hmm. So there are other cultures as well who will just, you know, take one or two ingredients from South Africa mm-hmm. or Africa and, and export them. And then they have this, this wonderful food that they have that side. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so culture is not static. It's dynamic. It's it evolves. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about some of the influences that you have in the book that may be borrowed from different parts of the continent or maybe mm-hmm. much further afield. Um, even in the book, my, so my definition of South African food is everything that we eat on a daily. Um, so the fried chicken that you have on Sunday, that's not traditionally South African. That's mm-hmm. American. But now we've been having it for how, many, how long now? It's mm-hmm. our own food now. Mm-hmm. So we've that's, nationalized it. We have. <laughs> Yeah. We've borrowed yeah. and now it's 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 mm-hmm. ours. And then in the book I also have um a chapter on, you know, the rest of the continent. We were just talking now about Jollof, Jollof rice. rice that's mm. very, very similar to um Spanish rice that that's the country that you're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit now about how you prepare that rice and we're gonna take a break after that and we'll continue this conversation. But when we speak about Jollof rice, when we speak mm-hmm. about the Spanish rice, because that's what comes to the fore quite often when you look about when you look at food mm-hmm. uh, in Spain. Tell us about what some of the similarities are and maybe mm-hmm. some of the differences. Um, they have, they're very, very similar. I was actually shocked to find just how similar they are. Um, it's basically you make um, a gravy, a tomato gravy. Um, so onions, garlic, and then some tomato. Once the tomato has cooked, you pour the you cook the rice in that gravy. Mm. So the rice will take that color of the gravy. Um, the major difference is that the Spanish rice uses saffron, which is the most expensive spice in the world. But anyway, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the the major difference is that um, the Spanish rice there's saffron in it, and the jollof rice doesn't. Have. All right, but otherwise... Otherwise, they're very similar. Oh, well, you see. All right, yeah. let's take a quick break. And when we continue, we'll just uh, unpack some of the tastes that we can also experience, not only in your book, but also for those who are trying to prepare themselves to go to Spain. Uh, are there any uh, you know ingredients that they can find here at home where they can whip up something that will help uh, prepare them for their journey? Tweet at SFM Radio and at Ayanda Ali P. All right, let's continue our conversation with the Lazy Magordi's Guide to the Kitchen. That's the name of her bestseller book. Uh, we are trying to merge two continents here, right? So there's Europe, there's Africa, there's uh, South Africa, and then there's Spain as well when it comes to the different countries. Um, we want to know, are there any similarities in terms of the food? Uh, perhaps you'd like to start tasting some of the, the Spanish food right here on South African shores as you prepare your palate for your travels abroad. Um, what else did we speak of? So there's the rice that you mm-hmm. said is very similar. Anything else that you think we can start preparing here at home to prepare our taste buds for, for our travels to Spain? 
actually two recipes that are actually in the book. Um, rice croquettes. Uh-huh. Um, that's in the leftover chapter. So I teach okay. you how to, you know, repurpose leftovers. So you're not throwing them out and you're actually making something with them. Um, nice. And then another favorite is the seafood paella, which okay. everybody loves. Okay, and those are, you know, like you said, favorites, homegrown, local, but, you know, no, they're those now are national. Yeah, yeah. we consider them ours, uh, even though they were borrowed permanently from Spain. <laughs> um, so so what, yeah. what sort of led to your choice of uh, food that you've covered here? Because I'm seeing Malamakhodu, like we spoke of earlier, and then Digukulechemere, I hear curried chicken feed as yeah. well. And then you spoke about your Spanish-influenced food mm-hmm. that's also here. Uh, what what was your selection criteria? Um, so as the process of putting the book together was basically taking all the recipe requests that I get from the cooking classes and from social media. So the things that everybody is bugging me. Oh, I want a recipe um, a butternut soup. And I basically put everything, all of those into a cookbook. And here we are. Look, you even have more bunny worms. Yes. Okay, we'll have that discussion <laughs> just after the news headlines because it is half past two and, and I still want to delve a little bit deeper into one or two of the recipes. So we'll do that in just a second. It's time for news. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. Let's uh, quickly continue our Tasty Tuesday feature here on Life Happens. And, you know, as we were having a conversation off how I can't help but uh, think of a song that was very popular in December. And it says, no matter where you go, remember the road that leads you home. Yeah. Right? So even though we were talking about traveling to Spain and some of the signs and sounds there, we can't forget the road that leads us back home here. You can't. were speaking about something that's very important in terms of preserving our culture, preserving Mm-hmm. our heritage and how um, that can happen through preserving you know recipes and the food that we eat tell me more um yeah just a little story that I shared with you about my friend's helper who was telling me about this recipe that um, her, uh, this dish that her grandma used to make when she was a little girl and she's 50 and she never learned so it's it's basically wiped out it's gone mm-hmm. because nobody ever wrote it down so so it was important to me to put together a cookbook to also serve as that preserving our traditional recipes because they just don't exist anywhere else. Right. And one of those favorites is the Mubani worms, um, otherwise known as Masonja, and it's in the Kumbule Kaya section of the book. Mm. Um, they look very creamy here. So so I know that you've done something to them. How did you prepare them? Um, so they're basically cooked in a, a peanut butter sauce. That's why okay. they're so creamy. Yeah. So which is similar to what how they cook it in Venda in so they just crush peanuts and cook the mobani worms in that. Okay. Where else on the continent do you know where people have mobani worms? Just Zimbabwe. Also in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Right? Okay. Don't judge me. I am judging you. Sh- that's actually what I should have brought. <laughs> and the next time I see you, that's what we're having. We are having mobani worms. But you know, I think if you don't show me that they're mobani worms. I will eat them gladly. And then after, tell me that they're mobile ones. Because if I know what they are and I eat them, I've already like developed some sort of a stigma against them. Can, in my mind. <laughs> can I tell you a story? Tell me a story. Um, last year for Africa Day, 
I I put on a dinner at the French embassy. Mm-hmm. So there was the the French ambassador, the Spanish ambassador, the Portuguese ambassador, mm-hmm. and guess what they had for starters? <coughs> Mopani worms. <laughs> yes. Well, they didn't want to offend you. None <laughs> South Africans. If they I were delicious. It, That's if fine. I it, if I eat it, I will not. I know. Whether I eat it or I don't eat it, you will not be offended because I'm here. But they were like, if we're in South Africa, we can't offend people. Let's eat these things. Did they know what it was? They did. It looked like I didn't change it. It looked like a mupani worm and that's what they had you know why i developed a stigma against the um, against why? mupani worms because my cousin who loves mupani worms by the way vela lives for those things right mm-hmm. told me that sometimes um they don't really clean out what's in the worms intestine and that there may be excrement that is still inside so i could not get that image out of my head i don't know if it's true and how you eat prawns Yo, I said, is all I'm saying. No, well, you you're judging me now. I am. I really am. Nee. Prawns are like roaches. Nee. Prawns are like roaches. Yes, of the Under, sea, but you eat them. Roaches, but yeah. I eat them because they're European. Branding and marketing. Branding is what and marketing. It is. Yeah, right. It's a form of self-loathing not to eat mopani worms. Don't worry. The next time <laughs> I see you, that's what we're having. Moving along swiftly, uh, we <laughs> spoke about the Spanish gin. Let's talk about the African umkombu tea. Yes. That's also a recipe that you, you've put together here. Um, uh, also in the kumbulekaya section. Umkombu tea, how do you make umkombu tea? Does it still take forever? It does. Yeah. So there is unfortunately no shortcut. Mm. Um, but that's the one recipe everyone, I mean, everyone is so excited to find in the book. Because now you don't have to beg Rahadi who's like the only person that can make it and we wait right. on her and then please, please, Rahadi, please, won't you please brew the beer? Now you can just, oh no, Rahadi, it's fine. It's By the done. time Rahadi comes, yeah. you're just like, no, take a seat, I'll no, serve you. Yeah, it's done. It's done. How long does it take? It takes about three days. To ferment. Which isn't like too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. worth it. Is what I mean. Ne? Mm. But now you can't do it when everybody is here already. So practice when there is no PCBNZ. Yeah. The last thing you want is for you to be on, like on that third day, and you're trying to <laughs> do the big reveal and your thing flops. Flop. And Rahad is like, yeah. Yeah. Rahad yeah. is like, I told you, you need me. Yeah. So please practice. Easter is okay. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, let's talk about what you've prepared for us for today. Uh, what you managed to whip together, Jay, to say, hey, Bambayn, here's something that you can eat uh, that may remind you of Spain, mm-hmm. but will also have a South African flair. Um, so in taking from the theme that seems to be rice, we mm-hmm. spoke about jollof rice and yeah. Spanish rice. So this is also another uh, rice dish that's a South African favorite Briyani. Briyani. And yes. that's an Indian dish. It is. So it's again, we're borrowing from each other. Again, right? we yeah. are borrowing. But it's become a firm favorite here in South Africa. Yeah, if you go to Durban, Nje. you're pretty much having this and bani chow. Nje. Uh, curry, briyani, yes. yeah, bani chow. Curry. I can't agree with you more. And also mm-hmm. some places in, in Johannesburg mm-hmm. has become a firm True. favorite there as well. I'm seeing some chicken kebabs as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I brought some roasted chicken as well. Mm-hmm. That yeah. you pop you know, in the sa- oven. South Africans and meat, you can't separate the you two. You can't, and yeah. chicken in particular. But of course, now I'm stereotyping, and I have to be very careful today because we are still on edge following our earlier the discussion anthem. about the national anthem. So this is a sensitive, and rightfully so. Yes. So I'm going to be very careful about uh, some of the generalizations I make about uh, South Africans loving chicken. Yeah. But it's a fail-proof recipe or dish, I suppose, right? It is. How would we make um, chicken kebabs? How would you dress it? 
said, I'm seeing that it looks nice and and, and, and glazed and sticky. Mm-hmm. How would you prepare your, your chicken kebabs? Um, so these also very super easy to make. Um, just some brown sugar, um, a little bit of sweet chili sauce, um, and then some soy sauce. Mix that together, um, glaze the chicken and roast in the oven. Mm-hmm. Really easy. Would you have to have, um, I don't know what the technical term is, uh, sort of boiled them before? No. No. Please don't do that. Don't boil them before. But I just Please want to don't make sure do that, that it's cooked. Please don't, please don't ever do that. Whether you are going to fry the chicken or roast the chicken, please, 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 say boiler. Why? Just put it straight in the oven. It's going to cook. Through. It's going to cook through We're if you, the heat is right. That's 160 to 180 degrees okay. in the oven, it will cook. It will cook. Yes. Okay. Money Please. back guarantee. Okay. <laughs> I'm watching you. Oh my goodness. Okay, I know. I feel like I'm being reprimanded today. Okay, I shall not fry the chicken. Yes. Um, the biryani, how would we make it? I know there are different kinds of, of ways mm-hmm. that people can make it. Um, some, as you said, would cook it like jollof rice. Mm-hmm. Um, others would cook it separately. How do you add the coloring? What do you mix in there just to get the flavor out? Um, the coloring is basically uh, the spices. Okay. So um, some turmeric and some curry. And then you cook the rice in that. It's basically how we make black people make like our yellow rice uh-huh. yeah and uh-huh. then add some lentils i've added some potato in this mm-hmm. some chicken yeah mm. and then voila voila so very yes. i also like that it's a it's a one pot dish so those not very, very many dishes to wash are very important yes. very critical but stable matters <laughs> they we must make sure that we minimize the dishes thereafter Right. So yes. for me, there are two things when when cooking. Number one, making sure that it's tidy and the dishes are, are not too many afters. But number two, time. It can't be time consuming. How quickly can we whip something up of this nature? And tasty. Yes, of course. I would think that would be number no, one. That's important. You know, because it goes without saying, which is, it will be tasty if I make it. <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. Look, I lie, but but good intentions. But yeah, so how quickly how quickly would uh, one make this dish? Um, th- about thirty minutes, mm-hmm. which which is quick, which is pretty not bad quick, at I all. Think. Not mm. bad at all. And then before we wrap things up, the seven colors. How would you make your seven colors? I did see that it is uh, a section here that's very popular. Seven yes. colors differ for all of us. How do you make seven colors? Um, there is actually a chapter on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. My favorite, um, spinach and butternut always has to be on the table. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find it here. There's <laughs> let so me many help recipes. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then obviously the fried chicken. If that's not on the on the menu, everybody's upset. Mm-hmm. And then um, a great dessert always has to be a gr- great dessert. Here uh-huh. we go. And then you have your seven colors. Yes. Okay. Beetroot is not here. It's it's in the salad chapter. So um, just to switch things up a bit, um, the beetroot is in the beetroot and butternut salad. I like that. My friends are haters. They don't like the beetroot that I put on the table. But everything else, which means they say it just makes all the other food turn maroon, burgundy, red. And So this is what you're going to make. So that's them. how you do. You chop yes. it up nicely with the butternut and you make it a beetroot and butternut salad. So it's yes. nice and clean. Because yes. for me, it's not a dish. And pretty. Aina, and pretty, very colorful. Mm. It's not a dish if Aina beetroot. Okay, <laughs> when we come back, we wrap things up. A quick break and we'll be back with more in just a moment. Stay with us. Life Happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. 
All right, a quick uh, WhatsApp message coming through from Luandle. Apa a gok start in KZN is where uh, Luandle is writing us uh, from, saying, Molo, I understand. She's so incredible. I saw her for the first time today when she was cooking on a morning show on television. On uh, the 12th of June, I'll be turning 50 years old, man. And I would appreciate it, Gakulu, if she could provide me the recipe of making or cooking biryani. Um, uh, be it a chicken or mutton or lamb or beef, please wait. I want to be a lazy mkwenyana. <laughs> <laughs> on my born day. Uh, thank you so much, Luandle. I like that Luandle is a gent and he knows you don't have to just be a, a makoti to cook. First things first. Ne? Thank you very much. And secondly, he wants to do the cooking on his birthday, which I think is quite refreshing. Usually it's the other way around. People will cook for you or prepare for something for you. But why not give a gift to those who will be coming to your house? I love, love, love. So today, just for Luandle, I will be sharing a brihani and a lamb uh, a chicken and a lamb okay. biryani, mm-hmm. just for him, for yes. his 50th. Yes, 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 yes. And then, so tell us very quickly what he can do and how he can do it quickly. And wow, all the, the guests who come to visit him. Um, okay, so basically he cooks rice in some turmeric and a little bit of curry. Okay. And then he heats some oil and then he browns. This is a chicken brihani. Okay. So he heats some oil and he browns chicken pieces and then remove the meat and set aside. And then in that same um, pot, because we've got now the chicken flavor in the pot, okay, why not uh-huh. use it? Uh, fry some onion, some garlic, a bit of ginger, and then return um, the rice and the chicken to that pot. Mm-hmm. And then add some tomato in a can, because why do all that peeling? You know, and grating and stuff. Uh-huh, you uh-huh. know, and a bit of chicken stock and let that cook. I love it. So make sure that there's enough for everybody, you know, because yes, the last please. thing you want to do is make sure to people are coming to your house and then you, you don't have enough food of the tasty biryani, a chicken. Maybe have a chicken one because, you know, even on the plane, they ask you chicken or beef. <laughs> so those who prefer the the, the lamb one, uh, what would you say? Um, lazy makoti so, to the lazy konyana. <laughs> So it's, it's exactly the, the same process, except he might want to spice the, the lamb first. Okay. So exactly the same process. But all of these recipes will be on my page today. Awesome. So go via social media or you can also purchase the book, The Lazy Magoti's Guide to the Kitchen. Morao Sesweni. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Perfect. Yes. Thank you very much. Happy birthday for the 12th of June when you turn 50, Luandle. Send us a picture. Uh, let us see what you managed to whip up in terms of the food. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you so much for having All me. All the best on your bestseller book. Thank you. We look forward to the second, third, fourth, fifth, so on and so forth. No pressure. Just like that. <laughs> Thank you so much, which brings our time to a quarter to two. And before uh, we take a break, let me quickly bring you up to speed with an important announcement. Well, Africa's biggest running event, that's the Old Mutual Two Oceans Marathon, turns 50, uh, similar to Luandle, and uh, will be hosting its biggest expo to date at the CTICC on the 17th to the 19th of April. So get there early. Plus, run away with a 2019 Haval H1. The keys to this brand new car could be yours on the 20th of April, thanks to the Two Oceans Marathon Initiative, Tomi, with uh, proceeds benefiting our charities and beneficiaries. Tickets are available at the Expo, 50 Rand each. Run on over. We'll see you there.